Welcome to The Things We Say. I'm Sheldon. And I'm Nate. This is a topical podcast where the topics are chosen at random. Sometimes they will be profound, and sometimes they will be stupid. But no matter what, we have a lot to say about them. We are known for the things we do. We become the things we think. We live the things we believe. These are the things we say. Welcome back to the things we say. I'm Sheldon and I'm Nate. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, it feels like a long, long, long time. I didn't realize how much I missed the podcast until we didn't do it for a week, and I'm like, I feel sad this week. Yes, and, <laughs> and also let why. me let me offer my apologies to everyone. We did not do a podcast last week because I woke up with a stomach bug uh, last Sunday, and so we did not record because I didn't want to pass on my gribbles to. Sheldon in and any way. I'm grateful for that. No need to apologize yes. whatsoever. Yes. It's all good. And, and just let me put that out there as a general disclaimer. If you're sick, don't don't go anywhere. Stay yeah. home. We don't want you. Like, <laughs> we don't want what you have. We care for you, but please stay away. Like, don't... Especially work. Just, yeah. Just don't do it. stay home. No one is better off by you muscling down whatever is wrong with you and just coming in and doing it. Just stay home, sleep it off, and everyone will be better for it. End of my rant. There. This this week on the things I don't understand. All right. The things I don't understand. Space Force. Yes. <laughs> um, whatever your reaction is to this word, Space Force is completely wrapped up in what you think of Trump. <laughs> nobody, without a doubt, nobody that likes Trump had anything bad to say about Space Force. No. And everybody that doesn't like Trump hated it immediately. Yeah, I, my initial <laughs> I reaction... I, I don't understand <laughs> how we can't separate our opinions on a new branch I, of the military I on know. whether or not we like the guy whose idea right. or what it seems to right. have been. I, when I first saw that, I, I, I don't remember if it showed up on Twitter or in... I think it was on Instagram because there, that's one of the things. Instagram does not have the usual like intense hatred that you see on on twitter like no, it's, it's, it's much, a lot of pictures of food yeah and it's kids. much it's much more easygoing even in news stories and things like that but i saw it on there and i thought to myself oh no i said this is gonna be bad i said this is bad optics because he says space force and i can already think of all the people who are going to be talking about on the news how stupid this is how ridiculous how dumb he is for doing this yada 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 and i was just like you could have picked a different name a but I'm like, right now, just just do it. Don't talk about it. Don't announce it. Just just do it. Because the more I thought about it, because my initial reaction was just, oh, man, this is just really bad optics, and this is going to become a It's a not thing. worse than Melania's be best. <laughs> that has got to be the worst. There, you can't tell me. No, no one in all these like <laughs> high-thinking minds in Washington and PR people that they have around, no one said that be best is, first of all, bad English. I, I, I just <laughs> and, don't know. And it plays into all the Melania I know, the stereotype. And I I'm know. like, we can't go here. I like, know. give her a phrase that makes sense. Right. And again, that was my exact reaction to Space Force. But <laughs> the more I thought about it, the more I... I came to grips with the fact that it's really not a bad idea. It's actually a really great idea in, in a couple of ways in that everything that we've ever done militarily to step forward has always been viewed with some form of disdain or some form of like, you know, I mean, before World War II, the aircraft carrier was considered a, a nothing part of, of the, of the military, of the military arm. It just yeah. was not considered anything. But then, we had um, Pearl Harbor happen, destroyed almost all of our battleships, and so all we were left with was aircraft carriers, which then yeah. proved to be much better, and battleships are almost irrelevant now. They're more symbolic than they are even really all that useful comparatively. But back when the Air Corps was created, it was not considered. There were lots of generals. There were lots of military men who thought air, air, aircraft had no place on the battlefield, had no use in battle, and of course, it could not have been more wrong. Um, so, so this is not the reaction is not unheard of. Almost every 
drastic stuff. I mean, for crying out loud, the British thought that the, the, the settlers in America were barbarians because they aimed down the barrel of their rifle. Because all they would do is they would take initial aim, but they would turn away. It was considered ungentlemanly to aim and fire at your opponent looking at your, target. looking at your target and they were like screw that we're going up against the best military might in the in the world we're gonna we're gonna actually is that why their stance was the way it was yes. i always wondered about the yes. revolutionary war shooting stance yeah. it was and that's weird. that's one of the things i appreciated so much about the patriot there were all kinds of things that annoyed me about that movie but for the most part i liked it uh, but one of the things they did really well on they they showed often British soldiers would would draw up and then actually look away because uh, you know part of it was safety issue. They didn't want to get uh, anything from the frizzing, you know, the 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 flash the back into their eyes. But yep. but uh, they, yeah, they considered them barbarians, and then we kicked their butts because they refused to implement. Um, so I don't think Trump means space force as anything. I don't think he means anything past the moon. No, everybody's talking like he's talking about Star Wars, or he's gonna no. like try and do something nuclear on Mars or something <laughs> stupid. I'm like, he doesn't mean anything past the moon. He's talking about he's I, talking about being able to take out other people's satellites and right. not have them be able to take out ours. Right. I'm pretty sure that's all we're talking right. about. Well, and again, we're going back to Reagan actually putting something in place that was actually called Star Wars back in the day, which, of course, never really got funded, but which was a whole laser grid... Uh, potential to knock out nuclear arms that were uh, yeah. sent into orbit. But I wish he would have gone with something more like the Space Guard, thinking like more in the Coast Guard realm, where we just want a presence, a just-in-case presence. Because the Coast Guard is not... Re- we barely think of the Coast Guard as, as military, to be quite honest. And they very much are. I mean, yeah. not, not trying to diss anybody that's in the Coast Guard um, or, or the National Reserve. You know, we don't think of those as necessarily... Or the National Guard, I'm sorry, is what I meant. We don't think of them as like strong arms of the military, but they are very significant. And I think that the reality of it is the fact that China, Russia, and we are the three predominant space-fearing nations, I think it might be smart to actually have a little degree of militarization. Again, not, not aggressive. But just it's it's like having a gun. You never want to have to use it, but it's really nice to have it. Yeah, I I don't and like I don't think he's even talking about weaponizing satellites the no. way people are talking about it. I think he just wants to be able to. He said to dominate space. Like we, it's not okay just to be up there. We also need to have dominance over it. Yeah. And to be honest, what's the last thing NASA's done? Yeah, nothing. What, what we have, just orbit. Yeah, but. Do they even do that? I mean, Elon Musk is better than NASA right now. Right, right, and and I mean they've been and there were severe gutted. and there you, were severe cutbacks under the Obama administration. Plus, obviously, the discontinuation of the shuttle program. Yeah, everything that, we use is Russian right now. We use we use Soyuz capsules in Russia to get to the International Space Station and back. We have no means other than Elon Musk space of getting of getting into space at this point yeah so i i would be all about the revival of a space program of some kind and i think that's what this is about so i'm kind of on board my libertarian side though doesn't okay so there is a part of me and this is kind of a bunny trail i'm not sure how far we want to go down here because this is is related to our topic understand but i don't i don't like Upping military spending on a brand new ba- branch, like creating Agreed. all this new spending. My problem is we're spending our we're spending money we don't have, so we're borrowing money from other countries to go spend it over here, right? And and say that this is a priority, and right. This this gets into some of my philosophy of war, but when you when you say that you want the best military that you can possibly buy, at some point there is a limit as to how much money you can put there. Right. And especially if you want them just in case and they're not active, the desire would be that they don't actively fight wars all the right, time. Right, of course. And that would be my desire is that war would be authorized by Congress. It would take an act of Congress to actually right. go to war. The American people would be behind it. We kill stuff. We break things. We come home. And and that's and it. we bring them home. Like, yeah, we come home. Our military is great at killing stuff, breaking things, and we need to do it fast, efficiently, effectively, and then get the heck home. Yeah. Like, I I I struggle with the amount of spending that we have, and to then sustain what we've to got around the world. Sustain what mm-hmm. we've got going on. Why do we, in the hundreds of countries that we're in, like over a hundred countries? Yeah. Like, like, why are we still in Germany? Yeah, and places like that. I I understand strategic 
right. dominance right. in the world. But uh, part of me is just like, I, I would love to have a lot more of our people home. Yeah. And then when something goes awry, not, not like inter, how do I want to say? It's not regional. Like, yeah. I don't care what happens in that particular region as long as we're good in ours. Like, right. our military needs to worry about our country. Right. And so, for me, a Space Force is like, okay, now we're talking about, okay, the Earth is smaller, and then you go out to space, now we're talking about a bigger sphere, right. and we're going to have to fill it up with our money right. somehow. And, yeah, I would far rather see, and, and the funny thing is, NASA was originally, before NASA was created, the space program was under the purview of the United States Air Force. and yeah. And... And it was originally a, a military branch. They were the ones that were going to go to the moon. They were going to, but they want they wanted s- separation, so it didn't seem like an aggressive move um, to get into space because yeah. it was supposed to be about more than that. Even though it was purely about the Cold War. I mean, let's be yeah. real. It was a military action, but they just wanted to sanitize it a little bit. However, I would love to see that go us go back to that. Basically, say you know we will if if we're going to do what this this whole space force idea, it will be a branch of the of the United States Air Force, and will will be fed through that whole chain of command and that whole funding that we've already got there. And I agree with you. Don't create something completely new. Give it some place that it can kind of grow up and start getting its legs under it and and kind of move out from there. But I'm going to tell you, man, the Star Trek fan in me loves the idea of a space force. I mean, I, I'm already getting my nerd feels from the reality of, of uh, the possibility of that becoming a reality. There is something to be said about kids desiring to be an astronaut. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't know. Do kids right now want to be astronauts in, that are growing up right now? Because for years, we haven't sent anybody to space. You don't have the space shuttle launching all the time. You don't right. have manned space missions. I remember it was a huge thing when I was a kid. Right. And, like, we all wanted to be astronauts. Of there was astronaut camps and of all of this. That's what we wanted to do. And, it, and there is something about inspiring kids to, like, do something great. And so Space Force could be part of that. Uh, the Marines and, and uh, Army and everybody is using you know, the hero thing in their promotions and, right. and, and propaganda trying to get, I shouldn't say propaganda, advertisements, well, whatever it is. technically what it is. I mean, yeah. if you're going with the true definition of what it is, that's what it is. <laughs> but, like, when we're, they're putting together commercials and stuff, like, you're, they're doing heroic things, and you, you want to be a part right. of that. Right, And so It's I something think to aspire to. It's something to aspire to. That's what I should have said. But, <laughs> but there's actually, uh, there's, there's kind of been a resurgence of interest in, in space flight, obviously due to this whole SpaceX program. That has been one thing. But also, uh, there's a Canadian astronaut named Chris Hadfield. I don't know if you've heard of him. No. Look up his videos on YouTube. It is some is of the coolest stuff. Is he the guy that jumped stuff. out of the big weather balloon? No, 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 no. Oh, that He's was an, a bum gardener. What yeah, was, some, some yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, Hadfield uh, was actually the commander of the space station. Uh, for, whew, I forget how long his, I mean, he's been up to the space station multiple times, International Space Station, and he was the first person to really start using show, social media, start tweeting from there and start okay. doing Instagram. He has some just really cool videos about daily life on the space station, how the space station works, experiments they do, and he's Canadian, so so you obviously would appreciate that. He's one of yeah. your one of your one half, countrymen. half countrymen. I never know how to reference that, because okay. since you have dual citizenship, yeah. it's it's like... You have your foot in both camps, but not fully okay. in either one, but yet fully in either one. It's kind of an odd. I'm not a resident of Canada. Yes. So. But yeah, Chris Hadfield, check him out. And anybody <laughs> out there, check him out. He's got just some really fun, really cool videos. Kyrie doesn't follow him, apparently. Oh, Kyrie. I don't, I don't even <laughs> want to talk about Kyrie Irving in that sense. <laughs> it's okay. Flat earthers don't follow him. No, no. Anyway, so this does go along with our actual subject, though. Space aliens. Tonight yes. we're talking about space aliens. Yes. I'm so excited. Which is funny because we really don't need to qualify with space aliens because it's no longer couth to call someone who is an illegal immigrant to your country an alien. And so now aliens' only definition is someone from other than this from planet. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. The, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. So the idea, what we want to talk about tonight was space aliens and whether or not we believe in them and, and whether or not they exist. Um, maybe talk a little bit about UFOs. I don't know where all this is going to go. Mm-hmm. I, my, my premise here is that my theology, and Nate can convince me differently, but my theology does not allow for space aliens. Okay. I don't 
personally believe in them, not as I don't believe in the possibility, but what I believe about the Bible and God limits my ability to believe in intelligent, conscious beings not Elsewhere. from this world. Okay. So I'm, I'm actually okay with animal aliens. I'm okay. okay with, you know, created beings elsewhere as long as they don't have a conscience or a soul or an intelligence above that of animals, I guess is where I'm going to leave it. Yeah. Where, wherever animal intelligence and consciousness and a soul would come into play, it, like what the difference is between humans and animals, yeah. biblically, is where I would draw my lines at aliens. Okay. So I don't think they're out looking for us. Yeah. I do think if we ended up on an inhabitable planet, it, you know, like we actually could go into space, we find a planet that's hab- inhabitable that you can breathe yeah, yeah. air, and we sent a capsule there and they landed. I wouldn't be surprised to see like birds, fish, yeah, you know, okay, maybe even some ape-like creatures, but nothing that above that of an ape. Okay. Okay, and and <laughs> let's 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 back this up just a little bit. Let's back okay. this up a little bit. I'm I'm curious about your interaction with science fiction. What what has your what is your window on or feelings about science fiction in general? So I'm talking like your Star Trek, Star Wars. We've talked about Star Wars, obviously, yeah. but in terms of that whole idea of alien races, worlds, that whole concept. Um, most okay. Like alternate time theories, like like no, I'm talking, uh, I'm talking alternate dimensions. No, no, no. I'm talking like literally, people have gone out exploring the galaxy and they have begun to interact with other alien races yeah. and have begun to share I think cultural all, things. I think and, all of those, all of those stories, are not allegorical, but a way of telling more about humans than they do actually about other races of beings. Yeah, I mean. Yes, their interactions with them, but it always reveals a human uh, flaw or a human characteristic or something that you're looking for in the humans. Yeah. That's, that's who we're identifying with and who we're a part of. Until you get to, like, Avatar, and that's a little bit different. Yeah. So, the yeah, that, that whole thing is a little bit different. But well, that I was have, very allegorical, though. I always say yeah. it was dances with wolves with blue people. I mean, it was basically, <laughs> that's did, all it was. What did Gavin say? It was something about how they moved over one tree or something, <laughs> and that was the whole movie. Yeah. Like, they, they yeah, somebody invaded, and yeah. they ended up moving over one yeah. whole tree from where they were. Yeah. I don't know. Well, to me, like, I've always been intrigued by science fiction. I've watched a lot of science fiction movies. I've read some science fiction literature, but not a ton. Because, I don't know. I It's always just stories. Like, to me, I yeah. never... I don't really buy into the fact that they exist. And, and I've asked some people's opinions of that this week, where I've asked them what they thought about this. Yeah. And they're like, well, you can't prove to me they don't exist. Right. So they probably could. Right. I'm like you're you're arguing from nothing. You're right. saying we don't know what's out there, so you're yeah. saying it could be, yeah. and that my saying that it's not. The reason I say that is that God breathed the breath of life into right. people, and I believe that's when the human got their soul, the pneuma, yeah, from right, the, right. the breath of God. Right when He breathed life into Adam, and He formed Adam from the dust of the earth. So Adam was formed here on earth. He wasn't transplanted from somewhere else. He was formed here on earth from the dust of the earth. God breathed his breath of life into him and, and then produced Eve from him. Yeah. And we have the human race. Like, I'm okay with that being the genesis of the human race. That, that fits my theology. I'm good with that. Yeah. I, I don't care if you want to argue old earth or young earth. That, that doesn't bother right. me. I, I'm convinced that that is where we got our soul, and that's what separates us from the animals and all of right. that. So for me, unless God went and breathed his breath of life into another creature somewhere else, right. now they have an eternal soul because God is eternal. His breath of life is what sustains us. 
And so now they have an eternal soul. Now does Jesus have to die again? Right. Because Jesus is a part of the Godhead. And or do they have to somehow hear the story of Jesus from here on earth? And like, we have to go tell them and evangelize other worlds. I don't buy it. Or did it happen in their culture as well as ours on their world as well? Yeah. Yeah, So on a basic level, that's where my theology on space aliens stops. And from a a theological standpoint, because for the longest time, I loved that idea. I loved the concept of the other out there and the possibility of discovery and the possibility Mm of, uh, you know, and again, being a science fiction nerd, I looked at something like Star Trek and I'm like, yeah, this would be awesome. You know, all these alien races and coming together and doing their stuff. And the more I've gotten into the realities of politics, the reality of theology, the more I look at Star Trek and like, this is absolute garbage. This would never be a thing. Like, it's just not possible. I mean, we can't even coexist like this on Earth, let alone the idea that, well, we discovered we weren't alone in the universe and suddenly all of our problems went away and we united and said, yes, these things don't matter anymore and we were we were just Earth. And the idea that every single planet is a monolith yeah. and in, in that, I'm like, like it, Earth it is has poor universal values that yeah. we want to impose. It is poor, on... poor world building. And, and my, my cousin and I, who are both big Star Trek fans, we talked about that recently. It's like, it's just terrible, terrible world building and, and it's not a good thing. Um, however, um, in my opinion, the best science fiction is that that does not involve aliens. And I know... I love Star Trek and I love Star Wars, but the two best franchises that I've ever seen are Firefly, which is entirely human-centric, and um, Battlestar Galactica, which is also entirely human and robots and AI. The Inter- idea that Interstellar, the movie, didn't they? I haven't seen that, so don't tell me anything about oh, that. Oh, I love I still, it. It's such it's a good hard, movie. It's hard to watch science fiction in my house unless I'm alone because my wife does not like it. And so... I have to find times to... Does she like Matthew McConaughey? <laughs> she does. She does. You may be able to That's win true. this one. That's true. But anyway, <laughs> um, but I, I find that kind of stuff very fascinating, and, and I, I think it's much more nuanced, uh, much more realistic. Now, there is a side of the alien factor that I, I consider a possibility, and this is where I get into because of the weird things that I have delved into. So I agree with you in terms of what you just said. I, I genuinely don't believe, after really thinking about it, really searching my heart about it, I don't believe there is anything beyond animal life outside of Earth, and I'm not even sure of that. Uh, the, the realities of what life would have to be on certain other planets, we, I don't know that we would even be able to recognize it as life because of how it has to exist. Uh, based on the atmosphere, based on all those things. Um, however, I, I have done some reading, uh, and this is, of course, based on a, ra- a lot of theories, you know, the whole idea of aliens, you know, coming down in Egypt and all these things, and they're getting their abilities to do all of these things. I could buy the concept. There is room in my theology for the, for the idea that at one time, in the very distant past, we were actually more of a, f- a space-fearing people than we currently are, as in something that was lost after you know millennia of whatever or however it wants to go. And again, I'm not saying I believe this. I'm saying I find this the most plausible. The idea being that what you said of, of, of multiple planets that, that humanity had spread out to in one, at one given point, okay? And I know this sounds crazy, Wait, but again... So, so, so again, let's... Humans- Let's say back in the ancient world, I would say let's say let's say literally prehistoric in the sense that we don't have record of it. Okay. We were at a very technologically advanced state. But it it all came crashing down, all collapsed, or some catastrophic event happened on the earth and that those people left. Okay? And there was a remnant of people that remained or whatever, but for the most part they left. So the only way I see the whole alien theory being possible is that at some point we were here, they were here, and they left and went to another place, okay? Another planet, however you want to call it, and have developed in a different way based on the atmosphere and the conditions and just the, the divergence. I mean, think about that even, even on Earth, you know, the divergence of skin color, the divergence of... of of yeah, bone structures that we have. Yeah, there are already adaptational things that happen to humans just because of the different zones they live in on the planet. Like, that's just a reality. We see it all the time in the different races that make up the world. So the reality of going to another place like that would have that same effect long term. So my idea is that 
if there is anything that we would call an alien, it is just a human, it is, it is a collection of human people that have been in another place and their, their genetic makeup has, has diverged from what ours is to the point of being seeming alien, but actually not being alien if it gets down to the base root of it. Now, again, I know that's very convoluted and very unlikely, but when I really get down to it, that's the only thing that I can see as any way possible in the way that I view the universe as being. So that would be, all of that would be like extra biblical at some, some right. point prior to the Bible. Right. Or, or even, Genesis even there's, origin. it's somewhere in the gaps that, that there was a, a point where, where that happened, where there was a On the other side of the earth that wasn't known. Yes. You know. Yes. Something to that effect. Gotcha. And again, there's a not there's a lot that's not said biblically. There's a lot of room for a lot of things uh, biblically. You know, I I am not I am not a believer in the fact that the Bible holds all truth. It it just doesn't. You you can't say that it does. Uh, and I'm sorry for those of you who are more in the fundamentalist that believe that. But the, and the Bible does not make the claim to hold all knowledge and all truth. Um, and so. There are things that happen. God does, but are, the Bible does. But the Bible does not. No, Correct. it is a it is a collection of divinely inspired and divinely dictated words that are important, that are spirit filled, that are powerful. But they, everything is not contained. I'm not going to even find a recipe for food in there that that, you know, that I could. It, it, everything is not contained in there. Yeah. Um, and that's okay. So so yeah, it's it, it would be something that. But I've always been fascinated so, too because there's. I'm sorry, I'm getting really ranty. Let's okay. go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead with what you're going to say. So, I had a, a few different theories about what I, I I do think about UFOs and what I do think about. See, I've seen UFOs, so we'll get into that. Okay, great. This is good because you are <laughs> part of I think 40 percent mm. of the American population that claims to have seen yes. a UFO at one time or another. Yeah, um, and <laughs> seeing a map of where these people like living where UFO sightings happen is a lot of fun too. If you ever get a chance to see that, it's a lot of rural, rural locations. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's usually not in cities, but yes. Um, what was I? Oh, I was going to talk a little bit about UFOs. So if you read Ezekiel and it talks about a wheel within a wheel right. and he's seeing all these things, and then you read Revelation and you see how angels are depicted and they're flying with like seven wings and with seven, yeah. they, with so many they covered their face, with so many they covered this part of their body and with these other wings they flew. I believe that there are that a more accurate description of angels than being a humanoid uh, looking thing with wings would be like that wheel within a wheel. They're very circular. Mm-hmm. And they're they're like if you read Revelation covered in eyes, and like they're they fly differently than we think about that what we think about flight yeah. here on Earth. We look at birds, we look at airplanes, and we're like, ah, that's flying. This is like multi-directional flying. Yeah. And so for me, angelic beings are probably a lot different than what we think of them. Mm. And so our interactions with the angelic could oftentimes, if, if you read the biblical accounts of how people interacted with angels, at times they're represented as uh, kind of looking like people, but there's certain kind of angels that would appear that way. Yeah. There's other kind of angels that would appear differently. Right. And there's all kinds of different angels that are listed, but I believe that a lot of what people see, have seen as far as like circular uh beings or circular things that come down, hover, go up really fast, all that could certainly be angelic interaction. Okay. And if (laughs) this was just a theory that I was discussing with my brother before I came here is that um, there is room in the Genesis narrative for me to say that prior to the flood, the spiritual realm interacted with the natural realm in a way that it did not after the flood. Yeah. Um, and, and that you can see it by God just walking around in the garden mm-hmm. and they could see an angel that stood guard at Eden when they left. Right. Um, there, there is the weird thing about the Nephilim, Nephilim where yeah. the sons of God saw the daughters of men yeah. and they had these half children yeah. that were maybe part spiritual, part not. Yeah. And we're, you, and we're, 
and were said to be the the heroes of old, like yeah. the legends and, and heroes and of old. Like there there was a way that the spiritual interacted with the natural that I believe God despised at a certain point. And mm. he saw all of this stuff happening and he despised it so bad that he started over. Yeah. And whether Noah was of some sort of pure bloodline that didn't have any of that mixed in and he still honored God. And that was probably why there was so few saved on the earth. Yeah. Because everything else had gotten so mixed up. Yeah. Like that's honestly where I believe it went. Yeah. Like, the world that existed from Eden to the flood was quite different than what we see today. Yeah, no, and, without a doubt. And uh, it goes, like, there's a lot of theories on that. But for me, that's where I would put some of these things that we would consider alien or, like, uh, that we can't explain in archaeology yeah. and things like that. Right. I think there was, some of, there was some things going on that we don't totally know right. or understand. right. But, and I'm and I'm. I think that God was careful in preserving, in preserving how it was supposed to be, no matter how evil that got. Yeah. And I believe that the flood and the finality of the flood was obvious that God had at that time limited it down to just this man and his family. Yeah. And then we're going from here. And and there's cl- probably some clear rules in place in heaven. And and there's some separation there that wasn't before, mm. but yeah. So and I do, th- I do think that some of our angelic interactions get called UFOs. I do think there was some of that stuff with spiritual elements going on. Okay. Um, what was the other? There was something else I was going to get to, but I've ran it for a while, so I'm turning it back over. Well, no, it's just it's just interesting that you mentioned that because there is so much about the angelic that we we take for granted and we make assumptions about because we have this very uh, Catholicized image of what the angelic is, yes. of what they are. Um, but I, I agree with you. I mean, they are they are spiritual beings. They are not physical beings. And so they have taken physical form. They have done those things, and, and as we've seen biblically, but they do not. And that, that's the thing. Everything you see in Revelation or you hear from Ezekiel, it's always it's, it's trying to describe something they're seeing. It's Correct. not saying this is what they look like. It's saying, yeah. and it's always said, it's something that looked like this, looked like it had this amount of eyes, looked like a wheel with it, like trying yeah. to use language to describe what is basically not, it was basically indescribable. Um, or is that inexplicable? I always get and, confused and by that. People, anyway. people that have been sucked up, like they talk about, they've been taken up by something else. Yeah. And like they feel like this intense light and whatever. Yeah. And then they're put back down where they were. There are stories in the Bible about that where mm. people are taken up from the yeah. place they were, yeah. taken, carried somewhere else, right. dropped off. Right. Like, well, uh, I'm not saying that it still happens a lot. Right. I'm just saying well, I, I'm not... I'm not totally calling that guy a lunatic. No, I'm, I'm, let let me, let me go back to, cause I did, (laughs) I did mention that I've seen UFOs and let me, let me be, let me be very, very clear. I, when I say a UFO, I mean what the actual meaning of the phrase means. Words matter. Definitions of words. Unidentified, unidentified flying object. I do not (laughs) believe that I have seen an alien spaceship. When I say a UFO, that is not what I mean. I mean, I have seen, I've had two occasions where I have seen a flying object that was clearly not an airplane from the way it was moving, and I don't know what it was, but it was flying, mm-hmm. period. That was it. And my two situations were once uh, at our old church building, I was standing in the parking lot. Uh, I had either just arrived or I was getting ready to leave, and I was getting into my car, either getting into or getting out of my car. I was probably getting into my car because it was late. And I looked up, and I could see three lights that were off in the distance. There are just some uh, some duplexes that are across the street from the old church on Oak Hill, and, and above that, probably about three baseball-sized uh, lights that seemed to be together. And, yeah. and they were just kind of doing this teetering thing, like they like this... Like the middle one was like not a, holding level. They yeah, just it was like tipping the, back yeah, it was like forth. the middle one was a was a stabilized axis okay. point, and the other two were just kind of back and forth. I don't wanna, I can't use the word oscillating because that's not right, but just just kind of tilting, yeah, uh, back and forth, pivoting uh, from that center one. 
And I thought to myself, what the heck is that? And, and I mean, this was before drones were a thing. So it wasn't a drone. It, it definitely was not a plane. We, don't ha- we didn't have any airports Could nearby. Could have been a military nothing. drone of some kind. Well, yeah, but again, this was, the, this was like the, I mean, this was maybe 2002, three. Yeah. So possible. But, but so, so, and then I, I got in my car and I went to look out again and it was, it was gone. It just wasn't there anymore. Um, a lot of people will see those yeah. three lights yeah. and then they go flying off yeah. at a crazy but yeah, angle. I didn't, yeah, but I didn't see that part. I just, it was there and then I looked down and then I looked up and it was gone. Yeah. And then the other situation was I was, um, I was driving to, I was on a long trip. I think I was, I was doing a haul with my wife to Florida and she was asleep uh, next to me in, in the car. <laughs> and I saw what initially to my mind was like, oh, that must be a plane. But it wasn't moving like a plane. And it was, it was sil- I mean, like silver, silver. Like you could see whatever it was. And it was almost like a, like a football shape. Um, and, and you could just see, I mean, it was very, very small, but I could see it. And I was just watching. I was, and I literally leaned forward as I'm driving to kind of keep an eye on it as I was going. And again, it was one of those situations where I, I looked away because I was thinking, I'm, I need to wake Kayla up and have her look at this and see if she thinks, if she's seeing what I'm seeing. And I turned to her and then looked again and I, I couldn't find it. It was just gone. Um, so that was the other, only other situation. And again, I'm not saying that those were alien spaceships, but I don't know what they were. They were not planes and they were flying. So they are literally, they were literally unidentified flying objects and I, I don't know what they were. I read about the, one of the things that kind of kicked off the UFO thing and I read this, um, I think in my, my one book that I read about Area 51, mm. um, but it was about the Roswell incident. Yes. And the Roswell incident was right about the time the Soviets were developing stealth technology. Right. And they held a lot of their pilots for that program. They had captured a lot of Nazi um, uh, and German scientists and had taken them away. And there was a big, like, uh, war between the Americans and the Russians to get those scientists. And so the Russians had taken theirs and pretty much put them in a prison camp. Right. And so a lot of them were starved, you know, and they weren't in great health and whatever, but they were still working on these projects, right. trying to get uh, rocket technology, stealth technology, and they're trying to put it together. And the Russians, uh, from what we had gathered at that point, had made a, a remotely controlled stealth craft that they could fly at a ridiculous speed, but they weren't, they couldn't quite, they, they still didn't know how it all works. So yeah. they, they would put people in it to navigate it to a certain point or whatever to get it going and they would try and control it remotely and they actually penetrated U.S. airspace which is why our radar wasn't picking it up real great and it looked like it was traveling unnaturally yeah. because we were pinging it at certain points and mm-hmm. it was going too fast for what we knew to be any sort of fa- spacecraft. Right, right. And then when it crashed, um, what they were saying is that if they opened up that craft and they saw something that was skinny with a large head, like everybody is talking about, it certainly could have been one of these pilots that was starved, yeah. had gone to an extreme altitude and say it wasn't pressurized properly, it lost right. pressure or something, your head would swell. Because right. in the 40s, we had no, no clue about any of that. If, we didn't start making those discoveries till the mid, early to mid 50s. Yep. And so when it when it crashed, it's very possible that the U.S. government did not want people to know that the Russians were able to pre- penetrate our airspace to that point. And crashing in Roswell, they were aiming for something near Area 51. That that whole thing that yeah. like they didn't know exactly where it was according to what, but they they were headed for that location. Yeah. But anyway. That's why it was so super secret and yeah, all of that. Yeah, no, that's so totally There's some really yeah, good theories sure. there as, as far as aliens, but that, that kind of kicked off Americans like, right. what is going Fixation on? Are we being visited by aliens? And right. really, it had more to do with the Cold War. And I think a lot of uh, alien stories tie well into Russian Cold yeah. War well, and, and, and Russian stories of Americans. Like, right. Right. A lot of really, is- really to me, the, the, the alien fixation to me is more of a, 
it is a reasonable conclusion of an unreasonable belief. You know, we've talked about it before, but I believe that, a- that atheism is one of the most unreasonable and illogical belief systems that you can possibly hold. The idea that you can look at the universe, you can look at the world, you can look at anything and say, this just came about by chance, by random chance, without any, anything extra. And I'm not even talking the Christian God, but I'm saying the reality that you can look at that and not say, somebody designed this system to yeah, work. This came from literally nothing. Yes. There is yes. nothing that created this. There was no design. There was no... Right. And it yeah. just came from stuff that was just there because it was there. Stuff bumping into stuff yeah. eventually yeah, created it is, this. It is the most illogical thing that I have ever heard. And I've heard people follow it to its ends. But I've heard brilliant people, Richard Dawkins being one of them. And again, Richard Dawkins is one of those guys that I respect his intellect, but he's also very much outside of his field when he tries to get into theology because he doesn't know what he's talking about in theology. Uh, he's a brilliant man. But he doesn't know, he doesn't understand that and yeah. makes a lot of blanket statements. But he's the kind of atheist that is an angry atheist. He, he got hurt by the church at some point, and he is, he is out to eviscerate the church. That is his goal, to eviscerate Christians and cause them to abandon their belief because he got hurt at some point. It's not about thinking. It's not about logic. There's emotion to it. It's, it's anger. <laughs> yeah. Anger to it. But I remember hearing him talk about it when being interviewed by somebody and asking about well, then where, how did we get here? Why are we here? You know, how is our planet, you know, teeming with life when, and his answer was, well, it's possible that our planet was seeded by an alien race or by, by others. And I'm like, so you're literally okay with punting to there's another intelligent race out there that created our race or that seeded the planet with our race. And we have come from elsewhere. We have come from somewhere else and just happened to be here. And I'm like, this is your answer to the complexity, complex spiritual question of, why are we here and how did we get here? Yeah. Your answer is there is something else out there that is purely biological, that is purely physical, that is, is other, but is something like us. And so I feel like the whole premise has actually come out of the abandonment of uh, Judeo-Christian uh, values and acceptance and, and of, 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 of theological thought and all of those things. The abandonment of that has led to the sudden idea that it's reasonable that there are other beings out there that have had a hand in our societies, have had a hand because in our it's creation. A God, it's a quote-unquote God without rules. Right. That God, it's a God that has no expectation on you. Right. It just like created random life and right. left it. Right. And has nothing nothing to say about it, no, no rules for us to follow, no way uh, for us to communicate with them, and it was just convenient. It's it's convenient for us to make that argument. Um, yeah, I asked my kids what they thought about space aliens and whether or not they believed in them, and I don't know what didn't know what they were going to say. Right. And they were like, "No, we don't believe." It. I'm yeah. like, "Why not?" And Lena's like, "Well, it's because they're not in the creation story. Like God created the heavens and the earth, right. and the earth was, you know." And he separated the water, and he created the fish and the birds, and and you get everything in Earth that we know of is in the creation story. Yeah, and it's like, and also aliens, right? Or and also like he created the he says that he set the sun and the moon and the stars in place to mark signs and dates and years and all of that. I believe that's when time was established. And that God exists outside of time, like right. when, when He says that they they are there to mark days and months and years. Right. That's when God created time. Right, and that's why I'm okay with an old Earth because you come into the creation story and says the Earth was without form right. and void. It existed, um, but the stars didn't exist. Right. So if we're to read Genesis literally, and some of you are off the train already because we're in a generous <laughs> Genesis narrative, that's fine. Just stick with me. Um, so. If there is nothing, there's space, there's heaven where God lives, wherever that is. And I'm a, I, in, when we get into other dimensions, I'm okay with there being another dimension as long as it's heaven. Yeah. Like, as long as it's where God is, it's a completely different dimension. And right. he only exists in that. Like, he exists there just fine and enters ours as he chooses and, and whatever. But I'm okay with that whole other right. dimension as long as it's not where other people go. Like, right. Um, yeah. Anyway, so 
there's nothing in all the universe as far as it's known except earth. And we know from the Bible that Satan was cast down to earth and Jesus says, I saw him fall like lightning. Right. So there's nothing out there except for heaven. Lucifer exists in heaven. He rebels. He takes a third of the angels with him and they are thrown down to a place called earth. And it's without form. It's void. It's so far the only thing that God has created. It's right. just there. And it says the Spirit of the Lord was brooding over the surface of the deep. He right. didn't really like what was going on here. Yeah. And he didn't like that all this had taken place and threw it all down. And now he's, this rest of it was a plan of redemption. It's always been God's goal to redeem his creation. He creates it, but he ultimately wants to redeem it and make it and make it close to him, like bring it close to him. But he's a holy God, so he has to redeem it somehow right. and bring it to bring it to himself. Yeah. And so many people are like, why would God throw us into hell? Why would God, you know, do all why doesn't he stop evil? He is. This is this is his plan to actively combat Satan on his own turf. Right. This this whole thing is about redeeming the earth. Right. About and and yes, God's going to make a new heaven and a new earth, but I I do believe it's going to be here. Yeah. Like it's got this earth that we know is going to pass away is going to make a new heaven and new earth, but it's going to be here. Like his plan is to redeem it all and to bring it back to himself. Yeah. If we choose to reject him and we choose to side with the king of this world and and the the lord of this world, yeah, no. Yeah. Like choosing your kingdom, it just our, is what it is. That's our choice to reject him or not. Yeah. And those of you those that haven't made a conscious decision or don't know, that's why I would be glad that there's a merciful God. Like yeah. I don't know. I'm glad he's a great judge. I'm not even gonna go there. Yeah. But to me, like this is still an extension of the alien thing. You know, yeah. I, I don't that's how I would visualize the progression. And so for me, my theology doesn't allow for yeah. the other. Yeah. Well, and again, it, it, it just doesn't. I mean, there's so much, there's so much that if, if there were tomorrow, there were an alien race that came down onto the earth and announced themselves, it would throw, it would, it would throw all of theology up in the air. It would throw all, all biblical accepted truth out the window because literally we will now reach a point where everything that we believe, everything that we've been worshiping, everything that we've been focusing on has the potential to be this other thing that has seeded our planet or that has visited our planet before and has, yeah. has, has shaped the course of human history. And again, I just, I can't, I can't go there. It just is not something yeah, that I'm willing to accept. It's not something that I would, that I would be familiar with or know because like I, I do I, I know Jesus. I know God. I've I've I have right. regular communion with him and I'm like, you know, to me that is the most real experience of my life. Yeah, without a doubt. And so if something like that were to happen, I'd be like, Okay, God, what is all of this? Yeah. Like, are these angels? What is happening? You know, what what kind of spiritual thing are we encountering here? Yeah. Like for me, I don't know that it would that it would shake any particular foundation of mine. Right, like if that happened, and, and I'm not even talking foundation shaking in that sense. I'm I'm saying foundation shaking in the sense of everything we know about who God is and what He is changes. Yeah, in I don't. Terms I don't of, well, in I terms don't of it. in terms of, and I and I get what you're saying about the the relational aspect of it because I agree with you. Like I have those experiences, I have those interactions. I mean, it creates a whole lot of brand new arguments that we didn't hear of before. But I don't, I don't know that it would totally change. And it, and and I'm not. But again, I'm not saying totally change. But it will, it will, it gives a whole new venue for question that does not currently exist. Yeah. Because right now <laughs> there is us, and there is something outside that we have known and we've understood and we've been in communion with and we have had interaction with. And, and scripture has been born out of that. All these things have been born. The church itself has been born out of that. But if we, if we all of a sudden go back to our understanding of zero, 
was incorrect or has the possibility of being incorrect. Then you get into all kinds of weirdness of maybe every angelic visit was an alien visit. Maybe Jesus himself was was an alien. Maybe we misunderstood. Like, it gets into all kinds of things where you're only left with the relational aspect. Yeah. Which gets problematic. Because then it's like it gets into this. I still don't think it, it throws it all out. I mean, if you if you look at Revelation, there's a lot of weird stuff going a doubt. on in there that isn't going on in our world today. Right. And but it's the reality of possible. it is too is that so much of so much of Revelation is also allegorical, and so much of it is. And there's still great debate as to is this about the future? Is this about things that have already happened? Is this about like there's all that debate? So. If if you're gonna if you're gonna land in something like Ezekiel or Revelation, that's still shaky ground for all of this because our understanding of that is still very divided and very limited, one way or the yeah. other. No matter what camp you belong in, as to what that means or what your what your eschatology is of of what will happen at the end of the world. But I'm just saying it it. I think people don't realize the dramatic impact that it would have if all of a sudden we realized we were not alone in the universe. Like it would it would be radically altering. And there would be people who would who would delve deeper into what they've always believed and cling to it and say, this is going to be something demonic or this is something angelic or whatever. There are going to be people who are going to say, okay, all of this religious stuff was a crock and this is who has actually been communicating yeah, with I us. Would, over. I would definitely be in the first camp. <laughs> I, I, would, I would not be, yeah, yeah. And, and again, to me, this is a non-starter issue because... I don't believe that's the case. I just don't. Yeah. I believe what I believe in the truth of what I've seen and what I've experienced, what I read in Scripture, what's consistent uh, throughout life that I've seen. I just don't believe it to be true. But I have done the mind game. I have done the end of the road, like, where does this lead us if this were to happen? <laughs> that's fascinating. Which is really what, what, what's, what, what solidifies me in my belief that there is nothing outside of Correct. intelligent life on Earth. Because I can't follow it to an end where I don't go, this throws everything up, up in the air. And again, I can yeah. say that now. It's easy to say right now, no, I know I would never change. But I would start to ask the question, okay, is, is this the you that I've been then, connected then does, to? Then why does Paul, okay, this is a good question because this is yeah. straight from the New Testament. Yeah, Paul yeah. says, even, even if someone else or an angel of God oh, yeah. comes to you and oh, preaches yeah. to you some other gospel than what we have taught to you, <clears throat> hold true to what you know. Right. So if there is an angel that would come and preach some other gospel, right. wouldn't that look a little bit like right. aliens landing? No, no, no. And, and again, I've, I, I've gone to all these places. It is an, it is an interesting thing. I just... But but who's to say you know? See, and, that's and again, why I, I would to, say it doesn't throw out a no, single no, no. thing. That but again, I, I have to fill in those gaps in the sense that I have to make assumptions. If 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 just if an alien race just comes down and we and they've been like we've been on equal par with you, following along, and we finally had the technology to be able to come and visit you, that's different. But if we have like a dramatically advanced race that comes down and literally says. You know, there was actually there's. We a, created all of this. You've been living in our little primal soup. And, yes, essentially. Yeah. Then that, and if there's proof, if there's literal physical proof that this is true, whether it's genetics or whatever, it starts to get real complicated real fast. Because the reality of it is, even Christian, uh, Christianity is our our best facsimile of understanding who God is and what Christ was. Yes. Okay? Yeah. It, can, it is, it is an imperfect that. system that God loves. God loves the church without doubt. Yeah. But it is an imperfect system to translate who he is, what he's done, and to discover him, essentially. And so, again, it, it, it does. It gets, I know I'm so, looking at your face here. <laughs> and again, I'm not, I'm not trying to say this in a her heretical sense. I've just thought about this a lot. No, I'm saying like, okay, the bride of Christ, the the church that he established, he loves he loves it very much. Without I'm not, a doubt. I'm not saying it's perfect. I am saying that it's his. Without a doubt. And and the Holy Spirit has a way of not only inspiring scripture, but inspiring people now today to be able to preserve to be able to promote the things of him and and to hold his church together. I yeah. I without a doubt believe in God's ability to accurately represent himself today. 
just as he accurately represented himself before, even yes. if it includes like representing himself through the church. Agreed. Whether whether that's so to me, I if God is representing himself accurately, to me that that's fine. It's it's not I don't I don't know that I would say it's imperfect because if God represents himself through his word yeah. or through scripture, to me, that's a perfect written let, yeah, representation of himself. Let me, let me qualify himself. that. Our understanding is imperfect. I'm not saying he is unclear in what he has spoken ever. His vehicle of communicating with people and displaying himself is right. through his body, the church. Agreed. Like, which Christ is the head. So Agreed. for me, Agreed. I'm like... But again, there's even divisions within the church as to what that means and what the church is and who the church... I mean, you've got... Got you've it, got, but, but for me, all of it thrown together is still, I, I, is I still the body of Christ. Like, uh, agreed, agreed. We're as real as it gets. Agreed, agreed. <laughs> but I'm just saying this, when you... When you and, and again, this is why I just reject this out of hand, because when you get into this, it, it muddies the waters to a degree that is horrifying. And again, I'm not just saying that to punt. I, I, I genuinely, like I said, in searching my mind, my heart, and all of this, I don't believe there is anything outside of what we see here in creation on the earth. I don't believe yeah. there is. I believe the universe is out there. I believe they're incredible. But I, I also don't believe that, that man has evolved or sprung from nothing. I, I just don't believe it. I don't believe the genuine records, fossil records and whatnot, you know, you know, support confirm that, that or support that. And that is the only way that life springs up in other places is for that exact same thing to happen elsewhere, that same process of evolution to happen elsewhere. And since I don't believe that is, I believe adaptation is real because we see it all the time. Yeah. But whole scale species evolution from a single celled organism is garbage. And, 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 and the idea that that has happened in other places and has a completely divergent uh, and separate causation I, I can't. I don't buy it. I can't buy it. But again, I'm just getting into the issues of something something coming down and making the claim that they are our creator. Yeah. Complicates a lot of things. Yeah, for a lot of people. Yes. Yes. And yeah. again, depending on how it goes, it can it it I I would say probably to a lot more than others. Um so yeah, that that whole aspect of it gets very very confusing. So next and week very we're going to talk about dinosaurs. No, I'm just <laughs> no, but again, that's that's when it's when it's ultimately come down to me is because that that suddenly, it suddenly challenges the question who is God, when that happens. Yeah. If that if that is a thing, and I'm like, you know what? No, it's just not a thing. Yeah. That's that's where I'm going to come to in the end. <laughs> and so that has been my logic train on yeah. that. I've 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 followed it through to its conclusion, and. I do not see that, that God himself will have created anything that will have the ability to make that challenge. Yeah. Uh, because that does not move anything forward. There is nothing in the narrative of creation, in the narrative of redemption, that is moved forward by that happening. Um, and so, yeah. That's that's where that's how I have come around to the no. I don't believe there's anything. Plus, now we have a space force, so they can't. Yes, yeah, so now we can here. get them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, again, I know, I know that that got again a little out there for me. But but it does again. That's, See what's what's great about this is me and Nate did not talk about what right. we thought about space aliens right. before this. Well, and you're I, hearing it all as we go. Sorry, I just got a I just got, got an offer random. on a guitar that I'm trying to sell uh, that just popped up. Um. I, what was I going to say? Oh, we were talking about, we didn't talk about the, oh, the stuff yeah, before. We yeah. Um, I had a thing that was, that was significant <laughs> and now it's just completely gone. <laughs> Dang it. I should have had my phone facing down. <laughs> hate when that happens. Oh, well, happens. It, it may, it may come up again later, but, um, Yeah. I'm good with that. So <laughs> give us your feedback on space aliens. Tell yeah. us what you think. Do you and, think they exist? If so, what do you think they are? If your opinion of the Space Force differs from your view on Trump, I would love to hear that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I if would, it's the same, you're I boring. Would say, I would say that 
I would say that you're completely <laughs> correct in your assessment of that. I would completely agree with that. If it's the same thing, you people are boring. Yes. <laughs> you yes, just yes. don't like him and you don't like his ideas, or you do <laughs> like him and you do like his ideas. Oh, man. <laughs> All right, we've yeah. come full circle. Yes, thanks for sticking with us through this one. I know this was super bizarre, but it was really, really good, and I had a really good time with it. So I did too. There you go. See you next week. Bye. Thanks for joining the conversation today. The Things We Say is produced by Nate Ward. Technical direction is provided by Sheldon Stauffer. You can subscribe to The Things We Say on SoundCloud and iTunes. Don't forget to like us on Facebook at The Things We Say Podcast to keep the conversation going. This has been The Things We Say. See you next time.